are recording. We're doing it. Yay. <sighs> yes. So, you know, over here, we give each other grace to go through our things. So we're getting around to episode nine, as both of us have just had moments in time lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but we're ready to enjoy this little episode together and kind of reconvene on all things sex in the city. If you don't know what this is, it's a podcast slash YouTube show called Will You Be My Friend? Where myself, Kylie Gail Garcia, or Vegan Coach Kylie, and Jasmine Rose, my best friend since first grade, we discuss and review, and just like that, the new, beautiful, wonderful, sometimes weird show. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why I can find the word show, show, you know, like, you know, thing, the thing they're doing on HBO, just that whole thing that they brought back after like 15 years of not being there, the whole sex in the city world. Yeah. So here we are to talk about episode nine, but it's been a little while. What's been going on, Jess? Yeah. Well, life has just been life, <laughs> you know, it's, Yeah, I'm like looking forward to catching up with you after this about all things not sex in the city because it's just been a lot of things. I'm feeling pretty good today here in the PNW. The sun is actually peeking out. We've had a lot of, as my daughter calls it, glowing clouds days. She peeks outside and she's like, is it sunny or is it glowing clouds? So it's been glowing clouds. Today there's actually some sun which is really lovely. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just trucking on over here. But like you said, we give each other grace down with the patriarchy down with, with all that stuff. Like sometimes you need to take a break. Indeed. Yeah. (laughs) Weird how that pressure is there. Like be productive, be productive. And it's like, dude, we're doing this for fun. Like, right. (laughs) Let's not lose the fun part. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So if you're not watching and you're, um, (laughs) and you're listening there, was a cat that's now taken over my screen. Okay, there we go. He's joined the conversation. (laughs) I think they've met the dogs, but this might be their first time meeting the buddy. So he saw that I had paper out and he was very excited to step on it apparently. (laughs) As they do. We keep it interesting. Yeah, over here, it's just been exciting. I've been doing job interviews, so we'll see if it works out. Maybe looking to have like a career shift for a little bit and... Yeah, just kind of keeping it close to my chest until I know more information, but excited, excited and hopeful. And even if it doesn't work out, I'm keeping that mantra of like, what's for me will be for me and what's not is going to fall away. And it's all for my benefit, right? Now the cat's eating my computer. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a special drink today? (laughs) I did make a drink. I made a matcha latte. Um, just, I'm really f- <laughs> with me milk frother. <laughs> yep. Yep. We had to wait for me milk frother. <laughs> to wait for to warm up. <laughs> it's so much better when me milk is frothed. <laughs> that was excellent. Yes. I like went to read it. And then the next message after you were like, me milk frother. <laughs> <laughs> Because I always, sometimes when I send a message, I can't help but like look at it again. 
And yeah. that's when, that's when I notice all the typos that I didn't notice before I hit send. And I like hit send. And then I see me milk froth there. And I'm like, it just immediately in my mind read like, yeah, like a funny, like Irish accent. And I was like, that's, and then I started laughing. Exactly. Yeah. But, it's me instead of my, that's exactly where my mind goes. Yeah. I think that's it. I've heard that's like an anxiety thing. Is Really? reread your stuff after you've sent it I do it all the time oh I mean I am I really yeah yeah I I definitely I have anxious tendencies so that doesn't really surprise me that much I'm starting to self-diagnose myself with ADHD too just from TikTok which I'm sure a lot of us are like I should get an actual diagnosis but I (laughs) every time I see one of those I'm just like oh yeah that's me that's when they sure list them, because you told me that, and then mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking about it at all, like wasn't on my radar. And then all of a sudden it started popping up on my stuff. And everyone, <laughs> I'm like, wait, am I ADD too? Like, or ADD right. too? like what is happening? It's so, yeah. too relatable, yeah. which makes me think, you know, I'm like, I don't know, maybe we all feel this way. I thought all oh, this stuff was normal. And they're saying it's, it's a symptom of something. So I don't it's know. Like eight out of the 10 usually, you know, if they list yeah. 10 things, I'll be like, oh yeah, like 80%. <laughs> oh no, for sure. Sometimes I'm like 10 out of 10. I'm like, yeah. duh, it, that's what we do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's how we all live life. <laughs> and like, that's, that's just the way of it. So anyway, yeah. Yep. Matcha for me today. Matcha with me frothed milk. Um, it's delightful, delicious. I needed something warm. This is my first caffeine of the day and I'm keeping it really light. I'm trying to get off of the coffee. So the caffeine, it can take a hold. It can. Out of it because it's been cold and I like smell. They have a, they opened a Dutch Brothers, which apparently Mm. was like never down here, but they opened one on the corner and it's like everybody's favorite thing in Ukaipa now, apparently. Oh my God. So when I walk and run the dogs, I can smell the coffee. And like, I know it's probably like all kinds of like syrups and, you know, a Dunkin's or something. I've never been. Maybe I'm prejudging, but I can smell like the coffee. And when it's really cold or like rainy, I'm like, oh, should mm. I just go have one cup of coffee? That's <laughs> the know? thing. That's the thing. And actually what I've come to lately, I literally went to Whole Foods, bought a coffee scented candle. And I, I, cause I love the smell of coffee. So, you know, we've discovered all the important things. Oh, yes. and I'm drinking <laughs> yes. And yes, a really weird smoothie that I threw together oh. really fast. Great. Um, <laughs> frozen bananas, dates, water, and this like adaptogenic mushroom cacao blend thing that I have that I got. Wait, that sounds delicious. Mind. And it has, I don't know, it has like ashwagandha and rhodiola and cacao, I think. I'm like holding it up. (laughs) And that's what I'm drinking because I wanted my mind to be right. That sounds like my morning smoothie, almost exactly. Except I had spinach oh. to mine. And then I used Four Sigmatic's um, new, they called it, speaking of coffee, I think they called it a mocha yeah. protein powder. So I used that this morning and same exact thing. Bananas, dates, protein powder. Done. Dees. It's dees. Yes. I, I usually put sun butter in it, but I was out of sun butter. Mm. And so I, I feel like the texture's a little bit different this time, but... It's almost like jelling right now. It's kind of good though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those jelly smoothies. Calories. <laughs> <laughs> My body. 
Miss me go to the vet for a, for a baby shot or oh, whatever. So anyway, that's a whole nother story. Dog mom life. <laughs> so <laughs> bring in Kylie. Bring it in. So <laughs> I can't. But you, okay. I am going to do one more like sidetrack and then we're going to jump into it. Okay. What you just said when you're like bringing it in. You reminded me of Kate McKinnon on SNL when she does um, her Ellen impression. Have you ever seen that? No, I need to look at it. I never watch SNL, but I love her. Okay, I'm, I'm writing goes, that down. I'm Ellen. And then she goes like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a ridiculous impression. Like, that, like uh, waiting to like bring it in. I was like, oh, it's Ellen. I'm Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> I love Kate. I do too. Oh my God. She's so funny. Oh, all right. So I have my notes. <laughs> Episode nine of Angela okay. entitled mm-hmm. No Strings Attached. Mm-hmm. The synopsis reads Carrie questions whether she's ready to take another step towards letting go. Charlotte boasts that she's finally finished menopause. Miranda's spontaneity backfires. You watched it more recently than me. I did. I'm having trouble remembering. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm like, how does her spontaneity backfire? I always feel like the synopsis is are kind of funny. Yeah, second to the last episode. <laughs> I definitely had some feelings about this one. I had some feelings about this particular episode. I Overall, I know everyone's had a lot of feelings in general about the whole entire series now that it's kind of over. So it's kind of fun to go back and just think about this specific episode, kind of bring us all back to this moment in time. God, I just continue to love Miranda. I This whole episode, I was like, you know, Miranda and hot bread guy. Why am I blanking on his name? Anthony. Right. Miranda and Anthony. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, this is this is what I, this is all I needed. All my favorite quotes, all my favorite things were from them in this episode. Yes, that's true. I still stand firmly on my soapbox that Marion Cantone makes everything better. Yes. (laughs) I'm thinking if this is the one, yes, this is the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Oh, I want to like jump to it. What do you, what do you want to talk about first? Well, I was going to say, so, you know, but I think before we kind of just followed each character just one by one throughout, yeah. instead of kind of staying with the, the episode from start to finish. And I loved Anthony so much. And he's only in a few parts of this episode, but why don't we just jump right into Anthony? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking to say the best part of this whole episode, which for me was Anthony bringing over his boyfriend to Charlotte's house. Mm -hmm. And they like within, I mean, 30 seconds, they're having conversation and somehow he like finds out that they're Jewish or something. And he's like, you know, the Holocaust was a hoax. (laughs) Literally just like, get out. And he does it so like intensely. And then I don't know what version of HBO Max that you have, but I have them with the commercials. So it literally was like, get out. And then I just went to this like weird commercial. <laughs> and I 
that was the perfect transition. Like, oh my God. That was one of my favorite parts of the whole episode. It was so funny and so abrupt and just so like, like he just, the, the words barely landed into his ear before he was already <laughs> just get out. <laughs> and I thought it was so funny and so good. And unexpected. I just so unexpected. Not at all expected. It was so like the, the timing and the abruptness. I was just like, yes. I'm I so even excited. like overall, I was kind of like, I don't know why we had this little side Anthony story in this episode. It was kind of short. We had like a phone call and then we had him at this dinner. I was like, I don't know why, but I'm glad we did. What was his phone call? Oh, in the beginning when he's delivering the bread, which was also pretty funny. He, he's taking over for his workers and he's like kind of struggling to get all the bread out. And he's essentially just calling Charlotte saying like, can I bring this date over to dinner? It's just such a small little blip in the episode, but I was so glad that it was there. Cause I was like, this is hilarious and him dressed up in the outfit and everything yes so funny <laughs> so good so perfect. funny we fully approve he's perfect mm-hmm. hopefully if there's a season two that he will be back and we will have even more of him more anthony that's have we yeah. heard? i don't think i don't think it's been announced if there's going to be a season two i haven't heard anything i i think a lot of people assumed that there would be I don't know because that because we haven't heard it's making me think that maybe there won't be actually but that's just my own personal curiosity we can definitely talk about in episode 10 we can talk about like how they left it and stuff to me you know in general it was left either way could be possible you know yeah yeah anyway so that's that's uh I always just want to call him Mario Cantone (laughs) (laughs) and yeah he was lovely What's going on with Charlotte? They're having a they that's How do you pronounce? How would you pronounce that? They. So I guess there's like an official term for that, and it's not a they mitzvah, but they are kind of leading up to it, planning for it. In this episode, Charlotte is very heavily dealing with her really next level child. Like her daughter Lily starts her period and is just like on one this whole episode like she's like level 10 the whole entire episode just screaming the whole time I don't know if they were trying to like you know young teenage hormones or like something but it was just like this total freak out the whole time and Charlotte (laughs) Charlotte just very gracefully like navigates the yelling and the the drama and it's a lot of period talk and menopause talk throughout in fact I think she's starts the episode by talking about how she's now in menopause yeah that's what I see in my notes it's been a while since I watched it so you're kind of helping me remember right now yeah I see I have smug Charlotte at lunch with the girls just being kind of like oh remember how you went through all that well it seems that my my period (laughs) loaded away you know (laughs) like oh no I I could see myself being that person and like not realizing I'm being that person (laughs) so I was like no me knowing what I know about menopause I saw that I saw it coming because I was like everybody well I thought everybody knows but I guess not everybody knows but most people should know that when you think you've gone into menopause you for sure will have a couple breakthrough periods like it just is going to happen 
And so as soon as she said, like, I haven't had a period in four months, I was like, oh, in this episode, she's going to get a period because <laughs> that's just how it goes. Um, I did not know that, but I mean, <laughs> no reason to look into menopause for myself. But, <laughs> right. I mean, I expect you probably to know that because you're, you're in that world more, I think, than me. I am a full spectrum doula. So I work with all things fertility, reproductive health, like so we talk about menstruation all the way from prepubescent to postmenopause. So yeah. yeah, that's definitely my world. And I do forget that other people don't know that. So I'm thinking like, as she's like, I haven't had a period in four months. I'm like, come on, everybody. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's funny, like with my coaching and stuff, I'll be like, oh, everybody knows to like drink more water, eat more fruits and vegetables, and, like <laughs> not eat processed crap. And then people are like, oh, what, what's processed food? I'm like, what? <laughs> you don't know what's processed? Like the things that aren't growing on a tree. <laughs> Anyways, it's just funny because you get, it's that thing where you're just like, well, this is common knowledge, right? Right. I guess not. I guess not sometimes. Yeah. So it's really just Rock is doing, getting ready for the they mitzvah. Mm-hmm. Not excited about it. Not excited. Rose is freaking out about her period mm-hmm. and needing to learn how to use a tampon, which, oh my God, I loved that scene. <laughs> what was, do you want to share your tampon learning experience? Do you have a like good story or anything? I mean, it's not that great of a story because it was pretty low key, but my mom was pretty um, sex positive and pretty like body positive when it came to stuff like that. So I don't remember being freaked out about tampons at all. I remember that she told me to start with pads for the first couple, and then we would go into tampons. And I do remember that she didn't coach me through it, but she did open the little insert from inside the tampax box, you know, and we kind of like had the diagram in there and was like, you know, and then we had an awkward, uncomfortable face-to-face conversation in her bathroom before she handed me one very ceremoniously. And I marched into the bathroom to, to attempt my first tampon experience. (laughs) I love, I love the image of that. Like I can see your mom, like, okay, Jess, (laughs) in her hand. And I remember it was summertime for some reason. I remember that. I think mine was summertime too, because my memory And I have a weird memory when it comes to my childhood, but what I do remember is being with my cousin from Kansas. And so I think we must've been at the beach. And I think the reason that I was trying to use the tampon is because we wanted to go swimming. Makes sense. My period. And I was afraid and I had never used one before up until that point. And she had already figured out how to use it. So it was my cousin sitting on the other side of the bathroom coaching me (laughs) and my mom I think I asked my mom a little bit about it and she gave me a few pointers but it wasn't I remember more my cousin sitting on the other side um and and I remember my mom saying like oh if you can feel it then it's not in right and stuff like that and and then I remember (laughs) I don't know who told me if it was Jesse or if it was um Jesse's my cousin or if it was just like me looking at the diagram, but I remember very clearly being like, aim it at your butthole. <laughs> like, cause you're not supposed to go straight. That's what I was laughing at is like, I've never seen anybody do that topic in 
that kind of detail in a show. Yeah. Maybe they have, but I was like laughing because I was like, oh, it's so funny and relatable to all women, I feel like, who've ever tried to use a tampon or learned how to yes. use a tampon. And it's like all that, you're like, yeah, does it go straight up? Like, I looked, I'm watching it with Julio and he's like way over his head, right? Never <laughs> lived in that world at all. And I look over at him and I'm like, you're supposed to aim it at your butthole. <laughs> <laughs> he's like um I didn't need to know this I was like well you know just in case (laughs) just in case you needed some context (laughs) it's almost as it's like an angled I mean maybe it's not exactly your butthole but it's pretty close well it is funny because I think that as a young person you're you're imagining your body kind of like up and down and like the vagina and it just goes straight up and it is like this first experience with your own anatomy of being like oh the vagina shaped like this and like this is how it all works and how it all goes. And um, Imagine all, the, all the questions, like, is it going to get lost up there? Which they kind of, yeah. I am losing the string. I still have that happen. Then she says, is it in your tushy crack? <laughs> I did laugh at the word tushy. I was like, after <laughs> everything, like she seems so like, she's like gone through everything. And she says tushy. Yeah, that was very Charlotte to say tushy. I was, I was laughing at the whole thing, but yeah, imagine how weird sex would be if (laughs) it wouldn't, yeah, you'd have to like, I don't know. I don't know how that would work. (laughs) He'd have to be pointing straight down and then you'd like scissor each other. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That is a horrific image. Oh God, that sounds really weird <laughs> and not exciting for anybody. Good thing we're designed no. appropriately. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So then, okay. So then we go through that. Lily finally figures it out. So then one I- thing I do think about the tampon scene was, although hilarious, I couldn't understand why they had to do that right then and there, right before a dinner and not later (laughs) because because I think well this is totally me jumping in with my opinion and not necessarily the truth but I was thinking it was just Charlotte's personality that she's waiting until Mm. because I think they had that first scene where she was like when you're ready let me know and Lily was kind of horrified at the idea and so I think Charlotte was just kind of like waiting for this rite of passage moment Right. And then she's like, jumps on it. I mean, now, you know, like, like the baby's coming, like there's no way to schedule it. She's like, if she's ready now, I should just jump on it. I think is kind of the impression that I got. That's probably very true. I was just kind of like, Hey, like, wait a minute. You have people over. Yeah. Yeah. And then just the amount of time that that took. Yeah. Yeah. I think the next thing that we really see that's like major with Charlotte and correct me if I'm wrong is at the painting event Mm -hmm. and then we go through so pretty much the whole thing is they arrive charlotte's in a full like painter suit like a white yeah suit and again immediately i see full white and i'm like yep she's gonna have her period (laughs) i don't know why i think because i know nothing about menopause so i just wasn't even thinking that i just thought oh she's just being really festive about the painting you know (laughs) Like that's her version. Oh, we're painting. I'm going there. Right. Yeah. So it was a total surprise to me. And I definitely laughed, but essentially she's trying to help Lily and Lily's driving her nuts right at the porta potty. Yeah. Because she thinks she lost it and it's gone forever. Yeah. And she's coaching her through finding the string and getting it out. 
and then she gets kind of frustrated walks away and Carrie and Miranda see the spot yes <laughs> which was perfectly done I think it was so perfectly done I mean they were all like young like schoolgirl, just kind of like you know just like oh come here come here like we need to cover you up they like wrapped their jacket around her waist I mean it was so so perfect mm, what a sweet friendship moment yeah I loved it I like that that's I always think about um like things like that as like the measure of friendship like if I yeah. have a giant piece of cilantro stuck to my tooth and you're not telling me, I'm like, oh, we must not be that close. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or if I have like a period spot or, you know, or yes. something that I'm not aware of and you're not, and it's not to like pick at people. It's just like, hey, hey, sweetie, like you got a thing, you know, <laughs> you know when you're hanging out or whatever, you know? Yes. I just feel like that's just an, a lovely, nice friendship thing. And the whole like image of them wrapping her is so cute. Yes. Anyway, so I guess that's her whole story here is the period stuff, right? Yeah. Can I interject just a little side story that this just made me think of about tampons? And it was one of the funniest things. It actually was not me. It was my mother. I hope she doesn't mind. Mm. But it just, it was between friends and tampons. We used to go to the river every single summer and my mom and her best friend, you know, they were quite close and we used to go with them and their family. And (laughs) my mom was on her period. She had a tampon in and the string was like hanging out of her bathing suit. And she was feeling very hot. She was very like early two thousands mom, you know, like tiny little bikini, just really feeling herself, feeling so tan, feeling so good. And she's like strutting down to the river and her best friend is in the lake. And we all turn to look at her and her friend is like, Terry, I have to tell you something. And my mom looked at her and it's like, they read each other's minds. And my mom gasped and went, my tampon string is hanging out. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, yes. (laughs) And they both ran together to the bathroom. And I just, as a small child watching them, it really was, it was like, oh, they're such good friends. It was so funny because it was like, they, she just, she saw the look on her friend's face and she knew exactly what it was. Yeah. That's, Obviously, my tampon string must be hanging out. <laughs> that's so. I love that. That's friendship. That's what I'm saying. That's friendship. I, you said you're like I want to interject with the story, and I literally was like, settle in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm ready. Tell me the tampon story. <laughs> <laughs> that's when I think of tampons. It's one of the top stories that sticks out to me in my mind. Oh, God. <laughs> and I, from then on, as a young child to now, I always, if I'm wearing a a bathing suit and I'm on my period I would like check her tampon strings because of that moment with my mother I don't know if I've ever accidentally done it but I do always check because I just am I don't know I'm very aware of my tampon string apparently (laughs) (laughs) I think the thing I really liked about this was just seeing that being discussed and like the reality of all the details of it and Mm -hmm. you know what was I speaking of side stories, what was I doing recently? I was in a conversation where I said something about being on my period and the people I was with were like, ew, you know, weird about it. I think it, I think it was around Christmas time. And I think that, I think I was with Julio's family. <laughs> and oh I my gosh. My mother-in-law, I think it was Linda. I, I'm trying to remember. And it's just generational, you know, it's just the way it is. 
to set the scene, like my mother-in-law has three boys and one girl. And so she's outnumbered by the men. And I think, you know, just however you grew up kind of sticks with you. Right. So, but it really shocked me. Like to me, it's like a Frank thing between, even if I don't know you that well, if they're, if you're like, how are you? I'll be like, I started my period today. Like, you know, just kind of. No. Yeah. That's it's just definitely all of us. So like, it's a normal thing to talk about. And yeah. And so I kind of took it and ran with it because there's a whole culture of teasing in that family anyways. So if they were going to tease me about talking about my period being gross, I was going to prove them wrong. (laughs) So instead I went on this whole tangent and Oh God, what happened? So, okay. So this happens. There's like a moment of like, Oh, you know, gross period stuff. Right. Don't talk about period. And then we're opening presents and his brother, Julio's brother and his fiance had wrapped up this gift for Julio and they opened it up and the brand is called my Johnson, M A I Johnson. And it's like a little, little, like almost like a makeup bag style thing that it comes in and it's wrapped in tissue paper. And on the tissue paper, there's this little kind of abstract design that looks like balls (laughs) and it has like kind of that. And then it has like the logo on this tissue paper. And so Julio's opening it and they're all teasing each other. This is what they do. And he's like, what are these balls for? (laughs) And he opens and it's like this male skincare kit. And there's like a scrub and there's a, a, you know, cleanser and there's a lotion. He starts making this joke that this is all for his balls. No, I thought that's where you're going with this. I'm like, this sounds like... And he's like, wow, thanks for the ball cleaning kit. And so we're having this whole long joke and everybody's just laughing about it. There's no, you don't talk about balls, right? There's like, we're laughing because it's a ball cleaning kit, right? And this is funny. So I jump in and I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) I'm the agitator of the family. I'm like, wait a minute. We can laugh and joke about balls, hairy, stinky, disgusting balls, but we cannot say that we're on our period or mention our period and they're all like yeah oh yeah that's you know like they're like you know doubling down and I said wait a minute none of you would be here if the period did not exist (laughs) like this is the process of the woman's reproductive system and if this didn't exist literally you would not exist to be able to make the stupid ball joke We honor the period. Yeah. So I I was like full feminist glory that day, I guess. But yeah, that is, that cracks me up. That's similar to the menopause thing. I can't even like, wait, people still don't talk about periods because it's so much a part of my world. I know people who make art with their their menstrual blood. I mean, imagine. I just, you know, like looking at somebody's yeah. beautiful art piece on their wall. I'm like, wow, what is that? Like, oh, that's from my menstrual blood. I mean, people use it to water their plants. Yeah. And it, apparently the plants thrive from it. Yeah. It's supposed to make your plants like really beautiful. Like some people say it's a secret to their roses. Wow. So if you grow roses. <laughs> Keep that in mind. I guess you'd probably have to use probably like a cup for that to work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, I know um, there was a professor at U of R that did that with her, her art. She was an art professor <clears throat> that, what was she creating? I think she was dying something with it and then making like a blanket or making something but she fully like used it for her art and I remember when my mom found out about it she thought it was so weird and so gross <laughs> and I don't know I didn't have I was just like oh that's something I've never heard of you know but yeah. people do all man stuff we're yeah, here we got it <laughs> we're here. yeah all right all anyway, right anyway that's the whole all the things about the period I just feel like, you know, let's just celebrate it. Let's just celebrate it's it. Beautiful. We, ha we have so much power and beauty within us. <laughs> okay. So who do we want to do next? Maybe Carrie? I feel like I want to leave uh, Miranda last because I feel like I always love Yeah, her. I love Miranda. Let's do Carrie next. Okay. So let's see what happened with Carrie this episode. We've got the lunch, so she didn't want to go to do the painting, and she can't be the white woman who writes a check. We have yep. that. Oh, and then she tries to get in the club with Seema. No, yeah, that part, yeah, I felt like Carrie didn't have, like, a super strong, like, line, you know, just thread in this episode. I kind of felt, like, a little, I was like, you know, I could have just done with Miranda and Anthony this whole episode. Like, Carrie's stuff was a little bit, like, okay, just sort of again kind of harping on the age thing they were trying to get into the club and it was sort of cringy and embarrassing like you felt kind of embarrassed for them they're trying to bribe the guy at the door and it just yeah the whole thing was a little bit like oh we find out it's Seema's birthday and it just yeah I don't know it just was kind of like not that exciting not that funny not that anything really it just was like oh okay here we are with Carrie doing the thing talking about age it was a little bit funny though I thought when they walked away and immediately the the bouncer lets two people in right after them after telling them that it's full so oh, notice that so clearly he's just actually not letting them in he's like it's full it's full it's full they're trying to give him money he's like that's offensive <laughs> um so that part was kind of funny and as soon as they walk away two young people go into the into the club so it was a little it was a little silly but like I mean that's how it is I think still probably they have to have a certain image in the club like they want they have to have more women than men there's like all these kind of things that I've heard kind of secondhand because I didn't I've never worked yeah I felt like Seema could potentially just I don't know, go to, I don't know. Like, I just, I was like, Seema looks like she's got her shit together. She looks like she knows some people. Like she probably could have gone somewhere pretty cool for her birthday. I don't know. I just was like, sure, sure. And then, and then Carrie says the last time she stood in line was for her vaccine. I was like, oh, yeah, no, more COVID stuff. <laughs> I know, got to throw that in. <laughs> yeah, we will never escape it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it was a little, I still just get the feeling with Carrie that she's still a little bit lost of like where she belongs or what's going to happen in her life next. And it's just kind of, it has this sense and feeling of yeah. drifting almost. Yeah. And we're kind of along for the ride with her in that, which to be honest, I mean, I suppose that's sort of real, but at the same time, like when I'm trying to escape in my own life and like trying to watch something fun, it's a little bit like underwhelming. You're just kind of like, sure. Yeah, there's no like 
fantasy element of it right now, really, except for her. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Nothing to really like super pull you in. It's just kind of like her. Yeah. (laughs) Now, which I guess is pretty realistic, but yeah, it's, it's that part has been, I kind of get it, but it's also been like disappointing for me. I'm like, come on, give Carrie something like real or some, yeah, I guess they did it right at the beginning with her husband dying. And now it's just like the aftermath the entire time, (laughs) you know, which I get. And I guess they've pretty much covered like about a year by the mm-hmm. time everything's over since he died. So, oh yeah. Cause this is the one where she's kind of attempting ish to move on and like date and then puts on big ring oh. instead of her own ring. That was this episode. And so I guess that also is kind of a part of her storyline here is not really being able to move on. She decides to go tell the the guy in person that she actually doesn't want to do this. She's just going to kind of, yeah, she's just not over things. Yeah. Um, that hit my heart that moment. And I appreciated that she came and told him in person and just like the yeah. moment with her pulling out his ring and stuff. Julio was like, why didn't she put it around a chain? Like a normal person? Why did she yeah. it to her <laughs> finger? Like who does this? But it's kind of like that nonsensical, just like, I'm trying to fix it. Like kind of, thing. yeah, like, you're not really thinking that clearly. It's not a good idea to do that, but she's like, I've yeah. band-aided him to my finger. Like maybe I could fix it, you know, kind yeah. of before, but then we go into the whole painting scene and she's with Steve and she accidentally, she goes to like wash her shoes off. I think she steps in the yeah. know, um, paint and then she's washing and her ring comes off and she's freaking out and Steve yeah her. <laughs> yeah Steve comes in and like saves the day yeah. yeah I feel like I feel like we could definitely blend a little bit of Steve in here with Carrie because he's very much like with Carrie in this last scene and I know like for me I I, I I'm aware that I am fully like not in line with how a lot of other people see Steve and like feel about this whole thing but I was like rolling my eyes a little bit to be honest because I felt like I thought he was kind of cornering her like he knows that Carrie is Miranda's friend and they've been friends for a really long time and divorces are messy no matter who you are feelings get hurt no matter what like it's hard to separate. It's hard to divorce. And I just felt like this was such a like, oh, poor Steve. And I was like, no, not poor Steve. (laughs) Like, yes, he's a nice guy, but like just hammering home the like, oh, look at him saving Carrie and her ring and look at him like doing all this stuff. And he's so sad. And he didn't know that this was happening. And it's just like, no, I'm sorry. Like does his feelings and his sadness take away from Miranda's like you know what she should get out of her life and I don't think so So I was kind of like I was a little bit people used this scene as to be like see we love Steve it's like yes you can love Steve and Miranda can be happy like and they can get divorced I definitely I hear what you're saying I definitely was like oh Steve you know but in kind of a different way to me it was a little bit of grasping at straws I think it would be different if Steve approached Miranda's conversation with like, I'm here and I'm going to do whatever it takes to like, find what you need in life together. Right. Right. Yes. Do that. He said, I can't, 
do this. Like I can't rally again. So he just wanted everything to stay as it was and just keep Miranda. And that's what I don't agree with. Sorry, my cat's trying to eat my charger. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I don't agree with. with Exactly. Okay. Like if she's coming to you and basically saying, I need a massive shift. I need my life to change because I'm unhappy. Mm-hmm. You as her partner, if you want to stay married or like, what can I do to like meet you there? Exactly. Preserve the marriage. You don't just say like, I've done it enough times. I'm tired of it and kind of be like, I'm not going to do it again. And then expect Miranda to be like, oh, okay, I'll just stay then. Cause I must be wrong. Like exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how I feel. And I just feel like we've been fed this story that a marriage is a good marriage. If it's long. Like if it like lasts, you know, until you're dead. And I just disagree. They can have a good marriage and the marriage can end and Miranda can be happy because clearly he's happy with the way that his life is. She's not, you know, it's like, they're just not lining up and that's fine. So I felt like this whole scene of like, poor Steve, although I do love Steve, like, but I just felt like I already was kind of like, ugh, okay, like don't corner her. This is so awkward. Like poor Carrie, you know, like it's just such an awkward position to put her in. And it's just uncomfortable. You know, it's, he's like, did you know, like, you know, all these things and like, cause you work with her, right. But, well, you work with them. And like, it just, it was uncomfortable to me and I, and unnecessarily. So I was like, you don't need to corner her friend. This is uncomfortable. Yeah, it, that definitely. And the whole act of her stepping into the paint, I think was kind of showing that like, he's kind of coming at her with all this. Yeah. He's like, ah, but you know, I also feel like he, I think he's been shocked and been, you know, in pain about it. And maybe in the moment he said what he said about like, I can't rally again, but it made me wonder like, okay, is he trying to figure out more details? Cause he doesn't want to let her go. And maybe if he understands it better, maybe he will rally again, you know, yeah. but him just saying like, it's never coming off. Like, well, that's fine if that's what you want, but you have to do something about it. Like you can't, like, I've talked a little bit about Julio and I, and our, I don't know, I don't remember how detailed I got about it, but recently there's been like a couple of subjects where it's like, we just are on totally different sides of the spectrum. And for a little while, it was kind of hard because every time we talked about it, it was just like, he's over here and I'm over there. Well, if that's how it is forever, like it doesn't work. But what's happened recently is like, he's had this opportunity. He's away for this special program he got into. And now he's doing all this growth on his own out there that he didn't even realize that he wanted, or that was there for him, you know, and I'm kind of doing my own thing over here and, and figuring out my stuff. And now we're kind of like, well, what are the possibilities? Like, let's take a little bit of what you want and a little bit of what I want and like create our marriage newly again and like coming back to this realization, like we do still want each other. We do, you know, we don't want to stand here and argue about these things forever or until we break up. Right. (laughs) We want to figure them out together. And we kind of both like something had to really massively, like that's a massive shift for him to take three weeks off of work and go to Arkansas. (laughs) That's actually a really big step if he would have decided not to would have been such a red flag for me. Cause I know that that was such an opportunity for him, you know, but the fact that he, like, he came to me, he's like, Hey, I have this opportunity. How do you feel? Are you going to be okay? I was like, I think you should definitely do it. Like, I think it couldn't be bad for us. 
You know, like if you're pursuing something you're excited about, it can't be bad for us. I'm not that person that's going to hold on to you and be like, oh, I can't be without you for three weeks. Like, no, I'm an individual. I'm okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's exciting now. But I think there's, you know, there's seasons of marriage where you're like, I think the sky is falling and it's really difficult, but I think the ones that last and that actually like (laughs) there's cattail, (laughs) (laughs) the ones that last, like are the ones that are willing to adjust. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of part of Miranda and Steve's marriage ending is like what we're led to believe. And we didn't really get to see a lot of it though, is that they weren't even fighting or the sky wasn't even falling they were just at a place of like someone told me they were like oh I just hate that she's leaving just because they're comfortable I'm like no there's a difference between being comfortable and happy and completely like the life is gone from the relationship yeah (laughs) like she she I don't think that I don't think people are Cause the way they did the show, it's like, we're kind of like in the midst of the messy middle and the breakup and the finding it themselves and the Steve, you know, all these things. What we didn't get to see is that for years, she's speaking about, she's saying how she was so unhappy. And it's like, you don't get to a place of like that much complacency and, you know, deadness if you're happy, you know, like, so she wasn't comfortable and happy for a long time years or whatever yeah. we missed, right like we missed a long time of yeah. that so the it wasn't time? comfortable like that's the argument I've been getting is people like when I tell them that my opinion they're like and I actually have it's so funny like that you would think people would even be talking to me about this out in the real world but we have had conversations <laughs> and they're like no you know I just I'm offended that you know they're like kind of dumping on a comfortable, happy marriage. And I'm like, no, what you're missing is that Miranda was not comfortable nor happy. It would be a different story if she was, or if then maybe there would be some, if there was like a misalignment, there would be an argument or there would be some discussion, but there wasn't because the relationship was so dead already. So that's kind of like, I'm happy that they broke up. And I thought that Steve was, although sad, I just thought it, it, it kind of, does that thing that we do where we side with the man and we kind of are like, oh, this poor guy, he's older now and he can't do this on his own and blah, blah, blah. And he's like cornering Carrie, but then he's like saving the day by catching her, you know, finding her ring for her. And it's to me like, no, we don't, <laughs> yeah. like you don't need to corner her. You don't need to make her uncomfortable. Like, you know, you can stay on your side of the street. Yeah. Well, and it's a lot of, I think that conditioning, right. Of siding with the man Mm -hmm. of the long marriage is the best marriage, right? Like he's right. Cause he wants to, you know, keep the ring on, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, those aren't, I think the, the thing, there's something endearing about him in general to me that I think he's very sweet. I don't think that makes him perfect and right all the time but I think he is very sweet. I just think he's stuck in kind of like a, like a trope or something. Like he's stuck in this role of like, well, this is how it should be. And this is what my expectation was. And now it's not being met. So I'm going to hold on for dear life. Right. And I think what's interesting that happens is, well, I'll say this before I say that. (laughs) Um, One is anybody who's watching, right? Like if this was a real life couple, it's that whole thing of like, you don't know what the relationship is from the outside. You only know if you're one of the people in it. Yeah. Like for anybody to judge their marriage and be like, even missing 
10 plus years of it at least, right? We haven't seen. So like, but we have clues, right? We have, they've been in and out of counseling. We have, he'd had to rally several times or that she's been not content and brought it up to him several times. So it's not been a perfect thing. Yeah. You know, but I think what's interesting that happens with Steve is that he's holding on and not wanting to let go. And that becomes the catalyst for Carrie to actually let go. Yes. You know, where yeah. she's like, I'm not going to be that person. You know, they have yeah. a conversation. She's like, I don't want to be that person. I'm going to do everything I can to move on. Yeah. And it kind of helps her to, to get out of, and then, yeah, it kind of leads you to believe that all this kind of murkiness and all the stuff I was talking about with not being that excited about her storyline, like, Oh, like she's kind of turned a corner. Yeah. Um, yeah it's hope- which is kind of nice. Yeah. I'm feeling like before we go to Miranda and Chase storyline, I do want to talk a little bit about Naya and Rashad um, or is, what is his name? Andre Rashad. Yes. So I'm trying to remember exactly how it goes down, but what I'm mostly remembering is the conversation at the, at the house when they're painting. Am I forgetting something that happened before that? I can't even remember them being in this episode aside from just being in the house of the painting. Okay. And I did just watch it. So if they were, it was small. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, it's been a while. So I don't know if I'm missing something, but that's what I see in my notes is just them at the house painting to me, like with the whole kind of like kids subject, I just feel like I'm invested in this story because I want to know what she really wants, you know? And I think she's figuring it out. I think it's one of those things that's hard to just straight up say, like, I don't want this, you know, and I think she feels bad about it, but I don't think she wants it. Well, I think that, so having just watched it in this particular scene, like when, when he is kind of like, just like, oh, like big heart eyes at the other dad with his kids, he says to her, like, are we sure we don't want to try again? So it leads us to believe that they did have a conversation alluding like where she did say like, I don't want to try again. Like, because he just says it like, are we sure? Like, it sounds like they've made a decision. And then she's kind of like, are you serious? Like her, her reaction is like, wait, we talked about this. So I felt like she had finally just which you know they gave us so many little like side characters and so this one had kind of like a rich storyline but that also like we didn't get a lot of it kind of fell in and out but I felt like she had made a decision and then speaking of couples not lining up it kind of feels like they're both kind of not super aligned with that she sounds pretty sure that she doesn't want to try again or have a family and he sounds like maybe he's regretting that yeah Well, it's kind of like when he brings it up, she's seeing like more of the reality of it and he's kind of fantasizing about it and he's upset with her because he's like, well, am I not allowed to change my mind? Which, yeah, he is allowed to change his mind, but she's upset with him because she's like, well, I thought we already discussed this and made a decision and like what happened to the people that I thought we were. Like she says something about, you know, our whole relationship has been about you and your music and me and my career or whatever something like that and so I think her expectation of that relationship is falling and then his hopes of what he decided he wanted is falling so it's it feels like you know they're headed for some sort of split yeah somebody having to do something they don't want to do you know yeah definitely it was um 
and we didn't get too much more after that really no just no <clears throat> just that <laughs> i appreciated that because as somebody who has known for a long time that i'm i don't really want to have kids or at least i up until this point in my life i haven't made a decision otherwise yeah um, so many times whether it's and I will, I will give Julio credit. He's not the one that really does this. He knows how, where I stand, but like people in the family, you know, like he'll be playing with the nieces and the nephews. And then somebody in the family will come up to me and be like, look at him. Are you sure? Da, da, da. Like kind of, you know, jumping in on that personal thing and being like, well, you must be wrong because I think having kids is the best thing ever. You know, <laughs> like, isn't it the weirdest thing too, where people well, will do that? Do they'll they'll go to the people that they don't have children yet. They'll yeah. be like, have babies, have babies. And then if you were to get pregnant, as soon as you would feel sick or uncomfortable or unhappy, they'd be like, welcome to the club. Like <laughs> some creepy, like initiation. Yes. It's so weird that people do that. I, it really drives me crazy. It's like, I don't know. It just drives me crazy that people do that. They're, they, they like try to like force someone to start a family, even if they're kind of on the fence. And then as soon as that person's like, I'm struggling or I'm having a hard time, they're like, yep, we all are. We're not going to help you at all. We just ah! miserable with us. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's it's something like as much as I've struggled with boundaries in my life, it's something that I think has been a pretty strong boundary <laughs> for a long time. That I just you know, and it's I mean I had a friend come over yesterday that had her first child and. I saw her, I saw her child, I saw her husband, like, and they're glowing and they're beautiful. And I'm sure it's like tiring. And there's other things that weren't easy. I didn't even ask her about her birth story. She was only here for a half an hour. That's usually what I ask people. Cause I'm just curious, you know, <laughs> I don't know if that's a rude thing to ask, but I'm like, how did it go? Tell me the details. But, you know, I just kind of ask like, how are you adjusting? Is it what you expected? You know, you know, how are you liking things? And the way that they do things is probably if I ever was to have a kid, it's probably closest to how I would probably want to approach it. You know, they're very hands-on, both of them. He took paternity leave. He was telling me like, oh, he's like, I noticed a lot of the people that I know that have struggled after having a baby it's the man stays working and the woman is kind of left by herself to deal with it. Yeah. I didn't want that. So I took paternity leave for whatever he got, like four months or something. And he's like, and I'm loving it. Like I can fully be present with my baby. Like this is my baby. <laughs> I don't have to miss anything, you know, and he's, they're both wonderful people. So even with that, it's like, and they're not, they're not going, when's, where's yours? Like, right. right. <laughs> so you know, it's, it was enjoyable for me to meet him and to like have that experience and see her in this new light, this friend that I've had, you know, since before all this, before she met her husband, before any of that. But at the same time, it's like, I can appreciate it and still not want to be part of the club. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I still, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to have to wake up every two hours and like have a human attached to my body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to sleep all through the night. I do. Yeah. And people call me selfish and that's okay. 
That's a beautiful thing. I think it's a beautiful choice. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a choice that like society makes it hard to make. Yeah, I always think of um, that's that episode where I don't remember exactly what the scene is in the episode, but it's Samantha that says it. I think somebody at the table says like, oh, that's a child. Do those people have a child? And because she's complaining that the kid's being disruptive to their lunch or whatever. And she goes, well, that's their choice. <laughs> always makes me laugh when people are like oh it's a child that's their choice it's true (laughs) it kind of like you know yeah instead of making it you know somebody's problem who doesn't have a child like oh Mm -hmm. well you know they're choosing not to have a child and that's a problem it's like well they chose to have a child so they have to deal with the stuff of having a child like (laughs) (laughs) I did not choose that or the I did I do not have a baby baby shower yeah I miss Samantha. RIP, bless up. We miss Samantha. Yes. So I guess the only thing that we really have left is to discuss Miranda and Che, and then we go through our closing stuff. Team Miranda. Here we go. Miranda, you want to kick us off? Oh, man. Just continue to love Miranda in this episode. I'm trying to remember, when do we first see Miranda in this episode? Well, it's a brunch in the morning. Yeah, and she's inviting them to the painting. Mm-hmm. I continue to have kind of like, and it's it's in my own head. Like it's it's something I've made up. So I don't even know like if this is true, but in the writing, it seems to me like I keep thinking that Miranda like really puts herself out there for Carrie. And to me, this was demonstrated at the the brunch when they swap plates. Oh, yeah. because Miranda had that like delicious like sandwich and fries, which is such a like choice. And Carrie had soup. And it was Carrie that looked kind of like, oh, I wish I'd gotten that. And I was like, I bet Miranda really wants those fries. But she was like, gave like this like sweet, like smile to Carrie and they swapped plates and Miranda got the soup. And I was just like, Miranda's the type of friend that would, that would swap soup. Like, I just feel like she's so, (laughs) I don't know. Like, I I don't know if that's even real, but no, I think that's how I see her in my head. It definitely is. It's, it's, it's a down for you type friend. Mm Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. the ride or die thing that they talk yeah. about. I don't ever use that phrase, but <laughs> it's, yeah, it would be referring to Miranda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I feel that way about you. I feel like I would switch soup with you if you wanted. <laughs> but see, I feel like I would also switch soup with you. <laughs> and that's my problem with Carrie is that like, she doesn't reciprocate, but anyway, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> I've, I've said that already, but <laughs> She kind of did it. I, I used to be that friend. <laughs> I try not to be that friend. Yeah, I, I love that. I think that there is, well, you're right. It is kind of like that because when they argue, it's like Miranda, even in the seasons when they argued, when they were at that thrift shop, the hang in their baby culture top thrift shop. <laughs> um, and then they have the argument because Carrie's going to go to lunch big. And Miranda's just concerned about Carrie. She's trying to protect Carrie. It's not like ever that she's trying to get in the way of Carrie's choices or, but she's just so on board for Carrie having the best life, you know? And I think Carrie just gets, it's hard for her to see that. She just wants to do what she wants to do, you know? And she kind of has that vibe of like, no, just let me make my mistakes. Let me do the thing, you know, which I relate to that too. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, every Carrie needs a Miranda. And I just, I thought Miranda was really funny in this episode though. She had a couple like one-liners that I just thought were really great. I'm trying to remember if we see her again. So, oh, there's a so dinner. In, the, in the diner, yeah, right? It's a dinner. That's what I have written down. Yeah, that's the next place that we see her and Che. I felt like Che was giving off really weird vibes of like very, I just felt like throughout, it was like, again, very fuckboy vibes. Very like, <laughs> just very mixed signals. That's the word I'm looking for. Very mixed signals from Che throughout this whole episode. Yeah, Miranda's very into them. During this dinner, the fans come up and... Miranda refers to herself as the girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She's very like cheerleadery through all the chase stuff. She's just like yeah. so into like it's that brand new relationship stuff where you're just like, this is my boyfriend or this is my girlfriend, or you're kind of yeah. just like really wanting to like own that. I think, you know, like this is my person, you know? Yeah. <laughs> she's kind of falling into that sort of teenager mode of, of being that way. And trying to be super supportive. Like, yeah, I'll take pictures. Yeah, I'm the cool girl. I'm the cool girlfriend, right? <laughs> and yeah. then starts to saying like, oh, you slept with my friend or you slept with this other friend to Che. And Miranda kind of has no response to it. Yeah, and to then- Miranda's credit, I feel like she's really accepting of Che's lifestyle. And it's just kind of on board. She doesn't seem just bothered or like she's trying to change Che in any way. She even kind of jokingly is like, you know, just, she just seems really on board with Che. And like Che, on the other hand, see, like gives weird faces and just kind of is like a, like you're, you're, I found myself trying to figure out, I'm like, what is going on here? Like, I feel like Che kind of shocked me with the, I love you in a previous episode. They seem to be also kind of into Miranda, but then also like making weird faces and not, it, it was very, I was like, Che, what are you, what are you doing? Che, who is supposedly all about putting everything on the table and honesty always, I'm finding to be very hard to read and maybe not so honest completely because I'm I'm confused. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the only thing I could really speculate on that is that Che has gotten so used to other people pushing back on their lifestyle. So maybe even though Miranda's kind of like showing up and here for it and trying to be really like cool with everything, maybe Che has that filter on of like, oh, there's going to be something that Miranda's going to bump up against that's going to be a deal breaker or going to scare her or, you know, so maybe, maybe there's just kind of a guard up because other people, maybe there's a reason that Che has slept around and had so many partners, you know, like, because people don't want to stick around for that lifestyle with them. I don't know. You know, that's true. We don't really know a lot of Che. That's true. I don't know. And then I think the next scene after that is when Miranda shows up to their house, right? Like, yeah, to, to their apartment with the cookies. I loved Miranda in this. I thought she was so great and so funny. And again, like I'm getting mixed signals because Miranda shows up like with cookies and is being pretty cute and like, you know, all excited about it. But then Che's all like, oh, I don't know. And and then Che kind of gives us like, a, you're the only one I'm sleeping with and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, mixed signals, mixed signals. But Miranda holds strong. And like, after her little freak out, she's like, who am I, Meg Ryan? <laughs> 
she's all up in a tizzy but then she like kind of like centers herself and she's so like in her power and she's like I am gonna go home by myself and eat these cookies on the way and I'm just like yes yeah (laughs) yeah I could see the embarrassment right and then there's this I totally thought that this was gonna be the moment right that we realize that Chase got somebody else in the apartment Right. Which is again, like, why I'm confused. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I'm writing. Like, okay, well, don't be so incensed. Like your person that you supposedly love surprises you with cookies. Yes. Be like, hey, cool. I'll take some cookies. Let me take a break from writing, but I really need to get back to it. Or like, there could have been a little bit of like give and take there. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought though, like the fact that they were so like, bothered but then all of a sudden come in like oh but what about my cookies and oh you're the only one I'm sleeping with I was like what is this what are you doing yeah well and it's kind of this whole and we'll see kind of through again the finale episode two I won't give it away here but there's this whole like Che does what Che wants to do and I don't think I think Che's more concerned about being put out themselves, right? Like, yeah. Like I don't, I don't think Che is going to think about other people's feelings as much. But I think that it's just kind. Of, there's something there that's like I am my number one priority, and I guess that's fine. You know, yeah. like I, I suppose if somebody shows up unannounced, you'd be a little bit taken back. But if, I mean, again, if it's somebody that you're in love with that you're in a brand new relationship or whatever this is, a brand new interaction with that you supposedly love that shows up with your favorite cookies. Like there's a moment of surprise and like, oh, I was doing a thing, but also there's like, but come in because you're my person. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I don't know. That was, that was a little confusing. They did um, say like all in one little scene, they said basically like, don't say that you're my girlfriend. I don't like labels, but also we're in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, I don't fit. We don't fit into those traditional tropes, I think is what they said or something like that. Yeah. Like, no, I'm not the boy and you're the girl or maybe there was some sort of um, trigger there with the idea of like the word girlfriend, Yeah, you know, like maybe yeah. they preferred partner or something, but I think there's something about the pushing back against like the traditional programming of that is what yeah. I that. like. Oh, don't. It's like when, when there's a lesbian wedding and people say like, well, who's the, the groom, right? You know, it's like, nobody is we're two brides. Like, you know, why does it have to yeah. be that way? Or there's one that's, you know, one that's butch and one that's feminine. Like, why does it have to be that way? Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was, it was interesting. I I just, but I loved Miranda. I thought Miranda handled it all really well. And she handled the whole conversation really well too. She took it all in stride. She wasn't upset. She just, I mean, she was, she was embarrassed, but she wasn't like upset at Che. She was just kind of like, all right, I made a mistake. I should, you know, and she just kind of rolled with it. And, you know, Che kind of gives her the option of like, if you want to be, you know, have that top energy. And she's like, I feel like I earned it. And like, she just really was like flowing with the whole thing. And yeah, I just, again, I feel like people in general, I'm sort of responding to not just the show, but other people's reactions to the show. And I feel like people just aren't giving Miranda enough credit. I like the way that she is just open 
you know, she's just, she's exploring, she's figuring it out. She's, you know, she's putting herself out there in these kind of weird, uncomfortable ways and she's being vulnerable. And I think it's cool. I think it's cool to see somebody be at a point in their lives where they're all of a sudden willing to just completely try something brand new and be new at it and be, you know, fumble and, and figure it out as they go along. Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting too with Miranda is Cynthia Nixon's story mirrors it a little bit. And if I'm remembering correctly, I think Cynthia Nixon in real life, like thought that she was straight and then kind of later on had met this partner that's now been the person that she's been married to, who is, I don't remember if Cynthia Nixon's partner is a female or non-binary, non-binary, um, or what, but I know that Cynthia Nixon had to make kind of a similar transition. So it makes me curious, like how did, like what came from real life with this whole, yeah. whole arc of Miranda in general, you know? Yeah. I can't remember if she was married before, if she was just in a relationship, but I should have maybe looked it up because I just, I find it very real and very like, I don't know, I'm just really, really liking Miranda and I'm really liking how Cynthia Nixon has played Miranda in this. Me whole too. It's very, yeah. real. and I think even the frazzled fumbliness of like, oh crap, I made a mistake in a brand new relationship, right? That's kind of what yeah. I'm from her reaction is like, oh no, I did the wrong thing and I'm going to scare them away. Like everybody relates to that. <laughs> and I'm going to go to this painting And I think her sort of um, storyline in this is she's not answering the phone when she goes. So they're kind of, she's going back to that kind of like junior high. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, they texted me. I have to wait a minimum of three hours before I say anything back or trying not to be too needy. Yeah. The game, which was that actually disappointed me. Cause I was like, Oh, like Miranda, just be Miranda. You're great. Just be you. Yeah. You know, like, I don't want to uphold any of this madness. <laughs> yeah. But. She still, she had a couple hilarious one-liners again here though, in the painting scene that I loved when one of them was, do you have a Coke problem now? That made me laugh because <laughs> it just was so out of nowhere and just so like quippy when she's talking about when she got a period that she wasn't expecting while she was in court and the way she's like, just, I forgot it just like that, like just instantly. They're like, why have we heard about this before? And I can't remember exactly what she says, but she's like, I just instantly forgot it. (laughs) That whole whole line just made me laugh. Yeah. Just immediately like threw it out. (laughs) Um, what the, actually when she goes to see Che, she says, the line is, I was craving me some Che. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> she says it so easily. She's just like so casual. Yeah. I'm just in the neighborhood craving me some Che. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, no. And also, yes. It's oh, so funny. Yeah. No, I, I think Miranda's great. And I think you can see her coming back to life. And yeah what we liked about her, at least what I liked about her originally was the independence, the strong woman energy, the, like the whole, it's just me. Like when she buys her apartment, right? Like, yes. Watch that episode. And I was like, yes. Like, I just love that vibe. Like, yeah. Want to be totally whole and self-sufficient on their own and then have a partner because they want to, because it's fun. Exactly. You no. Know? Yeah. So I, I feel good about her. 
where she's at right now. I do too. I I enjoyed her in this episode a lot. And I think very quickly before we end, we've got Seema has a new boyfriend. Oh yeah. She meets him there at the painting thing. She had a funny line too, where she was like, it's so hard to be white these days. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, Because she was going to just write a check. Um, and did not want to actually paint. I, she was giving some very strong Samantha vibes, oh which I wasn't God. mad at. I, I liked her in this whole scene where she's just kind of sitting there smoking a cigarette. Like, I am not going to touch the paint. I will not be a part of this, but I will write a check. <laughs> we needed that. We yeah. Needed her. We needed a Samantha energy and we needed a woman of color that's mm-hmm. kind of in her power. I, I liked the whole thing. Me and- too. And the the organic way that she met this guy is very cute their back and forth was was fun even like the her energy it's very samantha energy like her way of addressing the guy and he says it's something like you know that's my club and she says is it any good and he goes it's the best club in brooklyn and she goes says you right (laughs) (laughs) i was like i love her just like quiet confidence like well whatever if you say so you know yes And then they end up getting into the club at the end of this episode, right? They go to his club. Yes. Carrie and yeah. And then Carrie texts Peter right before. I don't know if we actually said that, but she kind of decided to move on. And then she texts Peter. And then the very last scene is they're going into the club to go dancing. Yeah. So she's kind of, yeah, decides she doesn't want to be stuck in the same way that Steve is is stuck. She's ready to kind of not move on necessarily, but just not be like stuck with a band-aid ring on (laughs) are you you want to do favorite moments I think that my favorite moment was Miranda in the stairwell just screaming up to the sky who am I Meg Ryan (laughs) so cute (laughs) you love Miranda I'm gonna have to say Mario Cantone oh yeah I'm gonna have to say get out It was, it was close between those two for me. That was oh, man. And just the whole scene of him in the outfit. And he says something like, I'm not paying the guys enough. And yeah. Almost got like a little wedgie in the outfit as he's trying yes. to carry. I mean, just perfect comedy. Love yes. him. Love yes. him. Everything about him. Perfect. He is the moment. Do you, did you notice outfits? I didn't really notice outfits. I know that's such a huge part of why people watch this show and it's not it's not something my eye goes to I mean I did like that she showed up in overalls for the painting but yeah. with on that was very Carrie her overalls yeah was. I actually did like that outfit of Carrie's <laughs> I actually really liked it was kind of an insane outfit but that outfit that LTW is wearing when she shows up to the painting and it looks like she has like makeup yes it was it was very funny you're like what is that it's like she's like like makeup based safari like yeah like she's going in combat but like and I just I don't know but I thought somehow it worked and I really liked the look on her she was very on purpose yeah (laughs) she had very kind of like over the top looks and I like them I wonder if that's this says Carrie's pastel stripes at home I think that's kind of like a flowy caftan thing that was kind of pretty I love all the at-home clothes. Yeah. I think the final, out of all of them, if I'm looking at this list and trying to remember, (laughs) I think the final outfit was probably my favorite. Mm. It's like a black jumpsuit. And then she has a hot pink blazer that's a little bit oversized and a really big silver statement necklace. And it's almost like to the side, it looks like the shape of almost like a scarf or a bandana or something, but it's a silver necklace and it's Mm. really big. 
And then she has her hair in a bun. And I just liked the pink. I liked the big necklace. I liked her vibe at the end, like confidently walking into the club. Yeah. They do yeah. this like hero outfits at the end. They do. <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. And then I think the last thing I have written down is I only wrote down one quote this time. Which one's yours? <laughs> I wrote, was I just canceled by a doorman? That was Seema. Oh, <laughs> yeah, which was funny. And I also don't know if she used the word canceled correctly, but yeah, <laughs> I, don't, like, I don't know that the doorman canceled her necessarily, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, New York really is a place like that where you kind of have to know the right people and like be on the right lists. <laughs> right. I just watched that series on Netflix about Anna Delvey. Have you oh my God, I'm right in the middle of it. Oh my gosh. I loved it. I, I finished it and I was watching it and I texted my friend from Boston um, that I used to work in in fashion. And I was like, oh, I'm watching that Anna Delvey thing. And she was like, I'm watching it right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I think it's it really sucked me in. Are you I was like, story? Vaguely. Like, I, I remember when I was reading about it, I was like, this sounds kind of familiar. And, um, I'm sure if I like did some Googling, I would probably like, spark a memory, but I started one episode. So I was like, well, let me just like see if I'm like into it. And it, it sucked me in. So yeah, I'm like halfway through. I think I watched it in like two days. Like <laughs> I just like <laughs> changed it all the way. And I was like, I got it. Every time I sat down to eat, I was like, I'm watching. <laughs> Anyways, so that was this episode. I think I brought that up because I was thinking about the lists because there's a part where they, I don't want to give away anything, but where they talk about needing to be on like certain lists to get into certain like oh, yeah. spaces. And so that's what that reminded me of. And I meant to ask you if you'd seen it. I've been watching that. And then I started watching the Pamela Anderson one. on. Hulu. Yeah, I started watching that one too. That's oh God. That one. I, I, I started it. I stopped it to watch the Anna one and I'm deciding if I'm going to dive back in. I'm very curious because I haven't even gotten to part with the release tape. It was hilarious though. Seth Rogen is so funny, yes. but the talking penis, I wasn't, it like lost me a little bit. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what am I actually watching? Yeah. No, it just comes <laughs> out of nowhere entirely. Out of nowhere. I was laughing, but I was also like, and then I was Googling about it and they said that that's based on real life, that he really? used to have conversations with his penis. Okay. He wrote about it in like an autobiography or something. Oh, I should have Googled it. Cause I was like, how true is this? If his penis is talking, but now I know, yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to dive back in. And I think because he was on drugs, he was imagining it like talking back, but That's so weird. <laughs> I just can't believe how much they made her look like Pamela Anderson. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I thought, I mean, both of them, I was like, they did a, they did a good job. Yeah. They did a good job. She she really, really looks like Pamela Anderson. Yeah. It really brings me back the whole, and then the music like from the nineties and stuff, <laughs> and the whole thing. I'm enjoying it. I, I can't wait for the next one. I'm, I'm all caught up on that one, but yeah. So that's what, I don't know, new segment, what, what we're watching right now. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. We talk about that. Yeah. We have to wrap up so you can go to your thing. Huh. Oh yeah. I have to take my doggy to get a rabies shot and yeah. did rabies shot so dog mom life episode nine so we'll be back for episode 10 whenever we feel like it yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys will wait and then you will love it when we're here <laughs> <laughs>
yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces in our lives right now. So we're just going to get back to it as soon as we can when we're up to it and good energy. Thank you for listening to this one. If you made it this far through all of our tangents today, I am Kylie Gail Garcia or Vegan Coach Kylie. You can find me at vegancoachkylie.com or on Instagram at vegan.coach.kylie. And you can find the show at Will You Be My Friend Show on Instagram. Will You Be My Friend on YouTube, on Spotify. There's going to be a link under this YouTube video for Spotify. So we're in places. Find us. Yes, I'm Jasmine Rose. And you can find me at jasminerosedoula.com and on Instagram, jasmine.rose.doula. Yay. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yes. (laughs) Bye.